Hello and welcome back to the External Traffic for Amazon Sellers podcast. My name is Ashley Pierce and I'm here to help you discover your unfair advantage over the competition. That is external traffic. Today we'll be talking about the three biggest myths about the Google search engine, specifically in Amazon seller circles. So let's see if you've been sucked in by any of these. So number one, we've got Google traffic isn't purchased intent enough traffic and therefore isn't worth it. Well, I'd encourage you to head on over to Empire Flippers uh, just to to click through. If you're on your your computer right now, go over there and we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. Go tell that to the whole of the Amazon affiliate community who are making millions of dollars per year just directing traffic to Amazon. They're soaking up that purchase intent traffic. They're pushing those over to Amazon and they're gaining commissions. Okay, 5.5% may not be a lot, but you do that again and again throughout the month. These sites make a tremendous amount of money. So that's where Empire Flippers comes in. If you just head on over there today, I'm actually going to click through over onto that website and go onto the marketplace section. And if you then click through to websites that are Amazon Associates, that's that's the Amazon Affiliates program, um, and specifically look at websites that are Amazon Associates or Amazon Affiliates website. Just from the inventory that's available on there today, and we're talking in January here, so this might not be representative of the type of inventory you'll see throughout the year. Uh, in fact, I've seen significantly more expensive websites for sale throughout the year last year. Keep a quite close eye on this because this is a, a key indicator for me as to kind of the external traffic justification. So yeah, top one there, monthly profit of $12,000 from a purely an Amazon Associates business. Uh, next one down, $8,000 a month again. And then another one, about seven and a half, eight thousand. another one, 5000 4000 3000 there, there are multiple businesses here who are making at least uh, four figures per month, five figures per year in profits. Profits. So you know, forget this revenue thing that we get with uh, the whole Amazon FBA business, with the the vanity metric, if you like, uh, of the what's your what's your revenue level. These guys are hitting profit levels uh, of phenomenal uh, levels, considering the fact that they don't own a single product or piece of inventory. They are literally just directing traffic to Amazon. So these guys are obviously soaking up consumers on the Google search engine answering those buyers who are looking to purchase but are looking for a recommendation or a review or a little bit more detail than they will get on Amazon and therefore the conversion is actually in many cases taking place on their website the buyer has decided that's the one I'm going to buy that's the top recommended product in the industry therefore that's the product I'm going to buy and by the time they arrive on the Amazon listing they've already committed so that debunks that whole idea that Google traffic isn't purchase intent. Of course it's purchase intent. That is what the whole premise of the Amazon Affiliates program is built on. The fact that these websites can soak up customers, Amazon customers, before they've even chosen the product that they're looking to purchase. They're going to use the recommendations and the reviews that are provided through the, those Google websites and then they're going to click through and purchase on Amazon. So it is purchase intent. This is what these guys are doing, and they're making a tremendous amount of money doing it. There are millions and millions of dollars being made on that affiliate program per year by many, many millions of websites. So this isn't an unusual thing. This isn't something that's a a kind of once in a blue moon, it's not a black swan event. This is just the way that industry works, and the whole affiliate industry works this way. So just remember, that is most definitely uh, not the case. 
there is definitely purchase intent search taking place on Google and Google traffic can definitely lead to significant sales which is why these Amazon affiliate sites are picking up good levels of revenue and good levels of profit more importantly because they're putting volumes of traffic through to Amazon because they're only making a small commission so they have to put volumes so that's number one. So hopefully we've debunked that one and I've, I've convinced you enough. I would encourage you to go over to empireflippers.com and go to their marketplace. And you can see for yourself, there are many websites on there that are purely monetized from an affiliate perspective and uh, purely the Amazon Associates perspective. And this is just not unusual. And it's a very fundamental business model. So yeah, check it out and, and you can get even more convinced that that Google traffic is definitely purchase intent. So number two, uh, and this is a big one, uh, and it, this could be one that we could talk for for a long time, but Google traffic takes far too long to get is number two on my list. Well, okay, what does that mean? Does it mean you're better off focusing on the short-term stuff that's going to get you a win this week, this month, this quarter? But let's just think about that for a second. To launch a product on Amazon without a seller account takes ages as well. When you first started out on your journey to sell on Amazon, you would have had to gone through the learning curve, all of the various parts of the process, including sourcing and negotiation, not to mention discovering which product you were going to launch and all those types of things. So yeah, in the same way that it takes a long time to launch a product on Amazon, maybe it takes a long time to get going on Google and get Google traffic. But actually, that's not necessarily the case. Once you have a website, and the domain is up and you've got a, a say WordPress installed and you, you've got the website indexing your Google. Well, actually, it, it's quite a quick process and to launch more content is quite a quick process. So we're not talking about a multi-stage processing cut, including imports and exports and all these other complicated things that you've had to negotiate to get through to the point where you could launch a product on Amazon. So actually, it's even quicker. So I'd really encourage you to, to challenge that thought process and really think back to that point where you committed to the fact that you were going to go and sell on Amazon because it takes even a smaller level of commitment to create or get a website created and just get yourself started on that journey. And I'll actually do another episode uh, on that, that roadmap and that journey that you need to get to and why even brand new Amazon sellers need to think about starting their website almost immediately. There is such a thing as the Google sandbox. I'm not going to ignore that. You know, that, that would be uh, appalling of me not to mention it. Basically, it's this time period in which Google looks at your website with a level of ill content, let's say. So they're not necessarily going to trust you fully at that point, and they're looking for you to prove yourself. And it's been rumored that this has a timescale attached to it. I believe when you look at the data and you talk to various uh, respected people in the industry, there's a time scale, but also an activity thing related to this. Uh, and it's all about creating a solid and proven trusted footprint within the Google index. Six to 12 months has been the kind of typical length of time that people have said that, that this sandbox period lasts. But in reality, once you're out of that sandbox, that, that sandbox doesn't exist for every piece of content or every piece of uh, web page that you, you create. That's just the in, upon the initial launching of the website. And to get out of the sandbox, there are various strategies. And again, we'll talk about that at, on a, at a later date on another podcast or blog. 
But using the Google Sandbox as an excuse to say it takes far too long is just not a good enough excuse in, in my mind because it is literally just the initial startup. In the same way that getting into Amazon is the initial startup, you need to get past that. And actually, when you are past that, as we do in my business, we can rank content within hours, if not days, of publishing um, for the keywords that we intended to, to rank for because we target keywords and competition that is low enough that means that we do rank but we still pick up traffic uh, and there again there's a, a, a really cool set of strategies around how to do that but because you might not have been exposed to these strategies and other people might have a different view of SEO they will be the ones that perpetuate this idea that it takes far too long to get Google traffic because the, the belief is it takes far too long to rank. You have to piece of, develop a piece of content and then work on it endlessly for months and maybe even years to get it to rank. Um, and that's truly not the strategy we're talking about here. Um, but that's the strategy that people typically reference when they're talking about it taking too long to get Google traffic. So believe me, it doesn't. Once you're out of the sandbox, we, in our business, we can rank articles that we create days, if not hours. Um, which is really, um, really cool. And we're not on our own in that. That isn't any special voodoo or black art that we're applying to that. That is true for many of the people uh, who I was just talking about uh, in uh, number one, the uh, the Amazon associates, the Amazon affiliates. They're all used to doing this thing as, as a standard. So yeah, it's not true. It doesn't take too long. You can get going very, very quickly. So on to number three. And this is a, a kind of one that, again, is very, very Amazon specific, but people kind of look at things and say the Google, Google's algorithm is just another algorithm like Amazon, and it's susceptible to the same level of gaming and manipulation. That kind of summarizes a few thoughts that a few people that I've spoken to have had um, and saying it's just another game we have to play and all those types of things. In some part, I can I can agree, but in others, uh, as I'll explain now, I, I strongly disagree, really. Google has had some really revolutionary changes to its algorithm, and I suppose most recently, the, the most revolutionary ones were 2011 with Panda, and then uh, that follow-up with Penguin in 2012. And basically, those updates uh, took out a lot of spammy sites who uh, were spinning content, putting out poor quality content, and people who were generating uh, backlinks through spammy mechanisms because backlinks are a part of the, the Google ranking mechanism. Um, they were and they still are. So yeah, they, those revolutionary changes took place, like I say, 2011, 2012. That was actually last decade <laughs> based, on, based on the fact we're now in 2020. And yeah, it's been a little while since that now. And yes, there have been updates like Google Medic in summer 2018, which particularly hit websites that were giving advice on your life or your money. Um, and they were hitting pe uh, websites that ne didn't necessarily have the right levels of credentials. But hey, do you know what? That's a good thing. Um, Google is act has acted for good in that particular context because um, who wants poor quality advice coming from the internet? Um, and particularly when it relates to your health or, or your money. So yeah, there's a level of maturity that's come into the Google algorithm um, that, that's uh, signified by the fact that those those revolution changes were actually quite a long time ago now and actually the most recent updates have been more uh, refinements in the direction of the customer. You've also got to take into account the fact that there's basically more data to play with for Google and it, the data doesn't generate a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, so what, what does that mean? 
if Amazon changes the rank of an item, um, that in, in essence also will change the very metrics by which that rank is achieved, which is why it's a flywheel mechanism. So if they put you on page one, yeah, you're going to get more organic sales and then your sales velocity is going to go up and then they're going to say, hey, because your sales velocity went up, you should be on page one. And then it's <laughs> self-fulfilling. You get this flywheel mechanism, which is which is, which was great for, and particularly when it was in its kind of purest form, was great a few years ago when you could literally just throw anything out there and get that flywheel mechanism going um, and, and just sales velocity was your dream. So Amazon is very sales velocity focused um, in terms of their ranking algorithm. And yeah, they might, in the most recent versions of the algorithm, take a look at things over a longer or shorter period of time and compare, compare windows of time. So you have to be ranking or you have to have a certain sales velocity for a longer period of time. Hence these kind of um, ranking mechanisms where they were, they've come up with things like, like Zomblast did with the, I think it's called Pulse, where you can give away products over a longer period of time so that it's spiking the algorithm over a longer period of time as opposed to a one-off or one day kind of hike in sales velocity. People talk about the honeymoon period as well, um, but it's it, again, it's not a more diverse array of data. They're still using pretty much the same data in in that they're using sales velocity. They might use reviews and review rate to, to kind of evaluate things, um, but they've they've actually got an, a smaller number of data um, sets. Yeah, conversion rate might come into it as well, um, but it's 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 a limited e-commerce typical e-commerce set of data metrics. Whereas Google has actually tons of data points that it can play with not to mention the fact that you've got lots of on-page seo factors but you've got lots of off-page seo factors uh, and the google algorithm it isn't self-fulfilling if they put you on page one that doesn't necessarily change your number of backlinks and it doesn't necessarily change your on-page seo and it doesn't necessarily change all of these other factors that they take into account so there's almost a bit of an independent check there if they put you onto page one then none of those things will have changed so you know the justification of you being there would would instantly disappear whereas with amazon they put you on page one and all of a sudden you justify being there because through the nature of being on page one you've got more sales so there's there's a very different um approach to the algorithms google has a lot more data to play with and it's a lot more mature and uh, and Amazon, okay, they, they've followed a similar timeline, um, but Google's algorithm focus has meant it's, it is more mature at this stage. So is Google as gameable as Amazon? Not right now. And that's due to the fact that it's got more mature and it's dealing with so many more data points that you can't possibly think about how you would game that in any automated and a way that would d deliver a return on investment. And then obviously beyond that, it's the, the, the self-fulfilling prophecy piece. Amazon has that built in, the flywheel effect, but Google doesn't necessarily have that. So why do these myths even exist? If the, we're, people are out there believing that Google traffic isn't purchasing intent traffic enough and therefore isn't worth it, or it takes far too long to get Google traffic, or that the Google algorithm is just another algorithm, just like Amazon A9, and is susceptible to the same level of gaming. Well, why do those three myths actually exist? And particularly within the Amazon seller space? Well, I think that people are scared of the unknown. Uh, they don't know how to hack Google. They don't know how to, to make that work in the same way that we can currently manipulate is is actually the word that should be used but i think massage or uh improve 
the Amazon ranking position using various tools that are available to us and you can have a discussion about terms of service and you know, all, all of this stuff, anything that impacts your, your ranking on Amazon, anything you do is ultimately termed manipulation. So whether you would refer to it yourself as manipulation or not is, is just an ethical question. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's lots of stuff that that's, can be done on Amazon and hey, you've got to go and learn all this other stuff that you need to do to make Google work. That that just doesn't feel like something that's going to fill you with overwhelming excitement. It's something that's potentially going to fill you with complete fear. And I get it. I get it. The other one, I think, is about not necessarily being scared, but being time-strapped. So you might recognize the fact that, hey, there is definitely something here and we need to do something about this in our business. We need to make a move strategically. And if you are time-strapped, you might just be trying to justify not doing the activity, not pursuing the, the, the strategy, the traffic strategy. And I get that too, because you're trying to justify why you should be doing one thing and not doing another. But personally, I know that external traffic, including Google, will be a huge differentiator for us going forward and differentiating ourselves from not only the Amazon sellers, but also from the e-commerce store owners who are addicted, there's no question about it, but also scared to death of their paid advertising traffic that comes at more and more unsustainable costs. And you know that the tide is changing in this perspective when the industry's very own Ryan Daniel Moran from capitalism.com says that the ones who win are the ones who are doing search engine optimization and sending traffic to Amazon and closing the deal on Amazon. He actually said that on an interview with Nathan over at the Outsourcing and Scaling podcast from freeup.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can actually listen to that podcast because there was a lot of talk about search engine optimization and Ryan is is definitely on the page that if he was starting today, that's where his, uh, his focus would be when selling on Amazon. Are you putting off developing your external traffic strategy because any of those myths... This has been a 30,000 foot view of, of Google really uh, and there's tons more information and outdated information out there that you can go and dive into and again because optimizing for Google, the Google algorithm, it's been a topic that's been around for ages for a very long time. There's, there's even more information out there on how to do it. So don't panic is the statement I would say and don't go diving into the droves of information. I'm going to continue to talk you through why and how you can leverage traffic sources including Google in ways you might not have even imagined that you could leverage. So that's all for this episode. I hope you found this of significant value to you and your business. If you did, I'd love it if you could leave us an iTunes review. Talking about algorithms, that's one we're getting to grips with at the moment. But seriously, a review is a great thing for the algorithm, but even better to know that I'm serving you with the value you deserve and information that you really want. So take care and I'll catch you next time on the External Traffic for Amazon Sellers podcast brought to you by futurestatemedia.com.